Are you tired of the merry-go-round of working on your relationship? Listen as the gals explore what happens when you decide to get off. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hey, Catherine. What's happening? Mm. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it? Go. Yeah. I got two words for you. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Are you scared? <laughs> A little. <laughs> Excited? Yeah, it's like, you know, ooh. We are, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw out a little topic for you today so we can have a surprise episode. What you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she, I'm game. I wish you guys could have seen it. She kind of squirmed in her pants. I did. I was like, <laughs> she's like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> it's like at that moment when you're like, you've got a what surprise for me? <laughs> what kind of surprise? Um, okay. The words. Okay. Working versus healing in relationship. I got, I got something to add. I just realized. Yeah. Working on your relationship versus healing in your partnership. Okay. Well, that's more than two words. So I was trying to stick to four words. words. My four words. You gave me two and I had to jump up. I'm trying to get off the merry-go-round. Get off. <laughs> oh, yeah. You turn me right round, baby, right round. Like hey, a record. Hey, like a merry-go-round. Like a, mer- like a record. Um, on a record. So what does that mean to you? Tell me your sentence again. What did I say? Working. Oh, working. I, said, I said, are you tired of working on your relationship oh. versus, uh-huh. or, or adding to that, uh-huh. healing in your partnership? Interesting. Oh, you know what? Just hit me when you said verses. Mm. I've never really realized that um, that puts the idea of againstness in there. It does. It does. So Mm. we're not doing that. What we're actually saying is we're building on, because why? Because we're spiritual psychologists. So we're building on the work we do, quote unquote, in our relationships, but we're actually taking them to the place where they can heal. So we don't have to get back on them the next morning (laughs) and do them again. Does anybody in our audience, maybe anybody besides Chris and I, have the experience (laughs) of getting to go around and around with the same issues in our relationships? Anybody? I mean, I'm sure lots. It's like this, I feel like for me, I've been on that merry ground well, until this year, but um, for the last two relationships I've been in, it's like, I'm so about to puke from all the spinning around <laughs> on the merry ground It really churns up my third chakra, all that spinning. Oh, I'm never good at it's spinning. Like, no, and it, it is. It's like those last two relationships really felt like work. And I think in my mind, though, I kept going like, well, they're my spiritual teachers, so I should just, you know, put my head down and figure out why this is coming my head into down. my life. And well, <laughs> where are we going? Part with of, that? That, that was, was part, part of the work. 
<laughs> Whether I want to or not, I should just put my that's hand down. Hey, that's a different piece of playground equipment. That is a different piece of <laughs> different playground, maybe. It's called stickball. Stickball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So and usually I like to play stickball, but not when I'm on the merry-go-round. Yes, that's the combination. And and almost zero combinations work on the merry-go-round, right? So what happens on that merry-go-round? And so the other thing that we always talk about is transform... She's got the- Sorry, I just had a visual. You said those very uh, few combinations work on the merry-go-round. <laughs> and I just had this visual of like two people fucking and they're like, and they're flying around the merry-go-round. And see the guy's face that's running the merry-go-round like, what? Yeah, the one that's, there's always that one guy who's like, oh, this is a threesome. There's always the one guy with the merry-go-round going, <laughs> like trying to make it go faster. Right. <laughs> That's called the ego. Yeah, that's the ego. <laughs> Messing ego with making. everybody on the merry-go-round already. Yeah. So what we were saying, however, was that, let's see. So the merry-go-round of working on your relationship is that nothing ever gets resolved. You end up, you know, like sometimes going to therapy is like you just keep going to therapy and going to therapy. Now, I'm not putting down therapy. I, I've done plenty, and thank God, for Krista's <laughs> sake and other people. Mr. Delicious. (laughs) But there's a point at which we've begun to realize, I think, at this point in our evolution as a human family, that the idea is not to stay in the work. The idea Mm. is to get off the work and get into the healing. And the healing really has to come. Now, yes, there's deep psychological healing, but it comes from adding in a a presence or an ability to widen the scope of what you think is possible so that there is something out there that is That's the spiritual. your highest self. Thank you for adding the word. <laughs> Thank you, Krista. I was letting our audience guess. What was she talking oh. about? Oh, but that's okay. You guessed. So the, what we're talking about today, what Krista implanted with her two special words, is the exhaustion Mm. And we've all felt it, and maybe all of you can feel this, of trying to be a good person, working on your relationship, not wanting to get rid of your marriage, not wanting to get rid of your partnership, or not wanting to get rid of whatever it is you're doing. So you're doing your work, and you're taking responsibility for your trauma, and you're showing up, right? It's endless. It seems like it just goes on and (laughs) goes on and goes on, right? Because something has to happen to, like, shift it or to stop the merry ground or for somebody has to fly off the merry ground or like it's this pattern interrupt. So flying off the merry ground versus getting <laughs> off. Flying off looks like an affair. <laughs> or and getting off looks like what, Catherine? <laughs> getting off is like a spiritual experience. Getting off the merry go round. Because what we said was when do you decide to get off? Right. Mm. So, which I think this is what people struggle with when they're in relationship. It's like they they want to be the good person, they want to do the right thing, they want to feel like they've tried as hard as they've you know could to keep it all together. And there's just this moment of like where they're trying to decide like, should I continue to work on this, or is it time to give up? And then we're offering the third place to go before completely getting off, <laughs> which is the, how many times can we say get off? <laughs> We're offering like this next step to try before making that final decision of getting off. Yeah. 
I just want to take an aside here for a moment. We just noticed this week that YouTube has somehow decided that we are no longer for all audiences. And we would just have to say, we agree. Sorry we made that mistake. (laughs) And this conversation is subtle, but some of our other ones, not so much. So we're not for all audiences and we're kind of proud of that. So we're going to jump back on. And keep on going. So We're going to do our healing work around that. <laughs> it did take me by surprise. I'm like, what do you mean we're not for all? Oh, yeah, no, we're not for all audiences. I don't know. It took them three years to figure it out. Facebook got it in about 10 minutes. But what we're saying so, today is actually the deeper level of what we're really going for, right? Is you get off by deciding to do something different. You realize that circling around the toilet, which we also have called it flushing your problems down the toilet, is not actually the way to ever make a difference. And the problem with that is, what happens, Krista? We bring them with us to the next relationship. Right. Because we're still on the merry-go-round. We never choose to get off. I'm all of a sudden in a little confusion around this. Okay. Because. Well, because. With my last two relationships, they were they were so much work involved in it, and I was applying the healing work to it. So, mm. you know, I was doing the spiritual work and applying it, and so now I'm curious what that means. Oh, you know what it is? Tell me. You have to get off together. What a simple solution. What a simple solution. So (laughs) it is not okay. What what happens, and truly, actually, Krista, what happened was that by doing the spiritual work, you actually did heal the part of you that needed to be in those relationships, and then Mm -hmm. you stepped away. Forcefully, forcefully or not, (laughs) spirit said enough of this nonsense and sent you away. So what well what, I guess that's what it, it's just that's what happened it's and that's what I was talking about how we were offering that third solution yeah. before the getting off you know it was the working on it the healing on it and then if it's still not working the getting off and so I guess that is what I did yeah and it we're, just we're, took me a long time yeah well that's okay because <laughs> that's what learning it looks like you know and what we're offering is a sort of a, a shortcut maybe um, to your healing and to your enjoyment of your relationship again and we're calling it a partnership so I'll do that. When we go from the merry-go-round of the psychological kind of trauma, just reigniting it constantly with each other, and we move into a place where we have actual access to spiritual healing, then everything changes. And the first thing that changes is we begin to be able to relate to each other. We drop our ego defensiveness and our attacking and, you know, fight, flight, freeze, faint, whatever that is that we do. Do we run away? Do we hide? Do we yell? What? Is this what's happening with you and Mr. Delicious right now? Are you guys, what, how do you feel like you are in this process? Um, I feel like, well, it, it's interesting with us because <laughs> you're going to like this, Krista. <laughs> I feel like we got off together a lot, uh-huh. um, but then we would get back on. And then you'd go solo and get off. <laughs> so I think I think other people might be able to relate to this. People who mm. have started to use a spiritual approach, maybe this is part of the answer to your other question, is that first we're stuck in the psychological approach and it's just all about what is our history and what have we done? And we try to work it through and we try to take the pain out of it and we 
I hope you guys know what we're talking about. It's like all those times you want to blame your partner for how you feel and you think it's them. That's what we're talking about. That's the merry-go-round of trying to work through your stuff, trying to own it, trying to say, this is mine. It's from my childhood. It's from my past. It's mine. But we keep it in our body and we keep it psychological and we keep it in this lifetime. And we think that we have all the answers that we need. And the truth is, if we don't open up that field and get off that idea together, even, we don't make Mm -hmm. space to heal. Right. So you in your previous relationships and certainly in mine, when finally <laughs> push came to shove finally. on the head of the I don't know if you guys have ever been shoved off a merry-go-round, but I have. It hurts. But finally one of you pushes each other off the merry-go-round because it's too painful. Right? And so mm. or you both jump. You just like to hell with it. But what we're suggesting is that if you choose to get off the merry-go-round. Then you have a whole vista of the whole entire playground or park left for you to play with. And what you're really looking at is this opportunity to put these things behind you, to really mm-hmm. care about each other enough to like, you know what? When I walk but out- Keep it real. Keep it with you I guys. Am. Because I, I am. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to hear this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to think. So what- Mr. Delicious and I would notice is that we had a, he maybe had a flight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to find an actual thing. So he had a flight pattern, right? He would jump Uh off by himself, but he wasn't jumping into the spiritual. He's jumping into like, get me the hell out of here. He would leave the playground, right? And um, (laughs) so I'd be sitting there on the merry-go-round dealing with my own issues, going up and down, you know. Whatever. And then I would... That's called a seesaw. Oh, that's the seesaw. But (laughs) eventually I would get off and I would go do my own work and I would sort Mm -hmm. out and get myself back to center. And then he'd come back. And we started to notice that the spiritual approach, the stepping beyond just the psychological solution in the moment of bargaining or solving the problem would actually bring us into a place where we were really loving and coherent again. And we remembered that we loved each other. And because I guess the problem with the psychological approach is a lot of times it would be hard to come back together. Because we were like, Mm. oh, God, are we just going to have to fight that fight again? Are we just going to have to go through that barrier again? I don't want to. I don't want to do that again. And it just seems that like also, so you have this like psychological process that you go through that, you know, we're big proponents of. We're like, yeah, figure out where your shit came from and own it and, you know, take responsibility for it. That's great. And yes, then there's this spiritual side of healing to it where that's where the true release of the pattern and the past trauma and everything happens. And I also really am coming to learn that there's a moment where we just say to ourselves, okay, enough is enough. Like, I'm not going to spend my time processing that anymore. Like, that's enough. Right. And that's when you choose healing. Like, the thing that happens to us is that psychologically, we just, it's almost like we're beating each other up because we're not actually getting to the healing. So nothing's changing. So we go back into the pattern. And honestly, what happens is we think it's each other. Mm, Even if we can feel it inside ourselves, we think that our husband or boyfriend's the one with Mm. the problem. We think they're not sexy enough or they're not creative enough or 
But there's something going on in us that's blocking our ability to really give them what they need to show up fully and vice versa. Like we're letting their trauma run the show. So they feel shitty about themselves and we feel shitty about them. And we feel shitty about ourselves and vice versa. So it's like the whole system is just looking at us all as broken. Psychologically, we're broken. We have all these things wrong, right? Well, psychologically, like when we talk in that realm, we're talking ego. Right. So as long as we're doing exactly. the psychological work, we're basically just trying to figure out, oh, this is where my ego is operating and this is where it shows up here. And this is, and then when we move it into the healing realm, that's where we decide to go, okay, we get what the ego is trying to do. We see the game, and now we're going to allow God in to lift that belief system and heal that part of us and then take us into the next level. Right. And what it does, you know, I was reading The Course in Miracles as we do daily. And one of the things I was reading about today, serendipitously, because Spirit shows up for us, um, is this whole concept of not looking at the problem. Because that's what the ego does. So when I look at a problem, I'm actually already in my ego. So my little ego is saying, you have ego. You're in ego. Meanwhile, what am I doing? I'm in the same place. What it means is we're playing to our small self. We're playing to the self that's got wounds, that's got things like that, right? So instead, Mm -hmm. what if we just stop looking for the wounds with each other? we actually start looking for the best in each other. And the best in each other is our highest self, right? So I get to look at my partner knowing that he has some issues, some traumas, (laughs) some things in his life, but not wanting to trigger those. Why would I do that? So instead I get, I kind of like, I get a picture of what this sort of constellation of this human is. And I think to myself, well, how can I best be with this person. So I never go down to the level of having to take on his ego with mine. Right. Instead. The dueling egos. The dueling egos, bad game, bad game. But instead, it's like we look at the issues that are showing up from a higher plane, from love. So we say, okay, something's going on here, but you are intact. You are whole. You are loving. So I never take him out, right? And uh, never is a good word, but I I have, (laughs) but I'm just not doing it now. So in the healing conversation, you don't take the person out. You see them as whole. You see them as who they are. You see them as loving. And then you say, and something's operating in this situation. Can we talk about it? So you don't, I never triggered anybody's ego. And I never said they were bad or wrong or, or they're never. No, no, in the past, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No, I just mean today. No. You're perfect. <laughs> today, I was able to do this. Today, I was perfect. <laughs> today, yesterday, I was yesterday, a shit storm. I sucked at it. Um, and usually, it's like five minutes ago, I sucked at it, but now I'm doing better. And, and that's true, right? Because our amygdala is what's attached to our ego, our nervous system, we get afraid. We're like, oh shit, there's not enough food to go around. Oh shit, there's not enough money. Oh shit, there's not enough love. And then we attack people and try to get it. That really works well. So the spiritual approach starts with, and Krista knows this from school, everything we ever did, the first thing we said with each other was, I know the person sitting in front of me has everything they need to solve this problem. They are whole And they have their own spiritual connection that is whole. 
So I don't have to fix anything. I'm simply with them in this loving space. And this is the playground of healing. So now we have an embrace that somebody's sitting in with you. Your arms are open and you're saying, tell me your story. Tell me your sadness. See, I think people get like, I I think we're programmed to get bored with that scenario. So that's why like some people, like they like the drama of the two egos going head to head and working the story. And it's almost like sometimes it gives them something to talk about or some way to connect. And that becomes the basis of the relationship. And then if that were to go away, then it's like, well, what do we have in common or what's left or where's the passion? Where's the excitement? Well, I think that's exactly right, Krista. And I think that's what you and I do as coaches, right? Is we are like, hold and in our relationships. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold the phone. There's something even better out here. Now, you may have to learn yes. how to get there, but... I guarantee you, and I can say, we can give you a money-back guarantee on this. (laughs) I guarantee you that healing from a spiritual realm, from the beauty and wholeness and like this amazing expansion energy that enters your body as you do that kind of work is way, way, way more satisfying, way sexier, way more provocative, way more possible Miracles happen. Miracles happen to you in that space, to us in so that it's, space. It's reminding me of, um, of this client I had, and she was like, "Oh my god, I just can't believe how, you know, happy I'm feeling um, after just like a couple of sessions. I, I've literally never felt happiness before, and she's like, I'm almost like confused. Like I don't know what to do now. Mm-hmm. And it was she was so used to living her life through this trauma drama." filter that it took up so much time in her life to to be on the mirror just within her own her whole life. life her whole life was this merry-go-round and it was her whole, whole life was built around dealing with the depression and the anxiety and the stress and how to manage it and to talk about it and feel it and process and you know therapy and therapy and therapy and therapy and she Literally after four sessions, it was just like, holy shit. Like this, literally the spirit had moved through her and had changed something within her DNA. And she's like, this is an amazing feeling. And she goes, now I don't know what to do. She's like, I feel like I have to start over. I don't even know how to think about what I would want or what I want to build because I've never had any space in my life to do it. And it's because all of her time was being in, like being spent managing the ego and everything that it was bringing with it. And so, you know, I think that happens too in, um, like I can look at my last two relationships and the the entire thing was like built around like our two egos going back and forth and the drama around it. And right here with um, Mr. Right Here Right Now, it's like, I, we're spending our time differently. And what that looks like is, we're making plans for the future. We're building things that look exciting to look, you know, like we're not spending our hours together talking about all the drama. We're spending our time together like, ooh, wouldn't this be fun to go do? Ooh, what about, you know, creating this? Even if it's just like silly projects, like, hey, do you want to go down to the pond and collect minnows and see what they do? It's like, there's just an (laughs) element of like creative, silly energy as opposed to spending that time you know, arguing. And in the past, I think, even for myself, I didn't know what to, like, oh, if I had all this free time, what would I do? Yeah. And and sometimes when you sit there long enough bored, 
it's like, ah, fuck it. Let me just go create some drama because yeah. I'm bored. We do that. And now right? it's this, yeah. So now for me, it's the shift over here. And like, no, I'm not going to, I don't want to spend it in drama. But that means I have to be really conscious of picking something that is going to be healthy or is going to be fun or is going to have, you know, be of service or we're just plain sexy. Yeah. So let's talk about that because um, I have... <laughs> I have a book called Power Coupling, <laughs> and the reason I wrote it was for this very reason, because I feel like people get in the power struggles, so instead of bringing their power together, their spiritual power together, they bring their ego power together, and ego power actually is almost repulsive to each other, so it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know— uh, Repulsive David, or repelling? <laughs> repelling, both, both, but, you know, okay. um, David Data talks about polarities, and you can have a mm-hmm. polarity that actually— repels each other and you can have a polarity that is that comes into um communion with each other and that is actually complementary right when they go zip or they go zip, right right so what we want to really be looking at is so in this book what we talk about where are you sourced okay so the idea is and Krista was working with her client sourcing her from spirit she's been living in fear her entire life And Mm -hmm. in fear, the only reality you've got is, you know, protection, safety, working on it constantly. Survival, survival, survival. So you're anxious, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're overwhelmed, you're all those things. If you step off the merry-go-round of that, you can be on it by yourself with the entire world. If we bring it into our relationships, it looks like divorce usually. But Mm -hmm. when we can get the message that actually there's somewhere else to go, So you source yourself from spirit, and then you go to this healing energy, and it's the container. So you change the context. The context goes from being ego or fear, survival, right, Mm -hmm. to being love. And I look at my partner, and I don't look at the surface. I don't look what's what we call temporary circumstances, I don't look at... We call it seeing the loving essence. That was like one of the main skills we had in school where you're like literally looking at this person and you're seeing the divinity within them. Right, which means you have to look past what you're looking at with your ego. So when you sit down across from someone you're annoyed with, you pretty much won't feel like seeing their loving essence. You'll feel like he's such a (laughs) jerk. Why am I sitting here even trying this? We've been around this merry-go-round a hundred times. Your ego is looking at his ego. Exactly. That's what the course was saying this morning. Right. So instead, what we do is we use our sixth sixth chakra, which is our intuition and our third eye, which looks with compassion. And so it's a higher level of spirituality. It's a higher level of asking. And we look through the ego to what actually is true about the human sitting across from us beyond their behavior that is based in fear. So we go, okay, we know that when this person's in fear, this is how they act. They're bitchy or they're aggressive, whatever it is, right? But that's not who they are. So with spiritual healing, this is why it transforms your relationship your, to a partnership, is you sit back and you go, okay, who is this person really? Oh, right. this is this loving human essence that, and, and you do the same for yourself, don't forget to. And it's not about their behaviors. No, so not nothing to behaviors. do with behavior. But right. once you've created that safety and that that soft spiritual ground of really this, in, it's soft, but it's strong, this container of spirituality, mm-hmm. right? You can explore anything. So then you can say, you know, there's nothing wrong. And I notice that we keep arguing about money. 
So can we look at it from a deeper perspective and heal our money wounds together with each other? And you tell me what yours are. So one of you, inevitably in a couple, one of you is a spender and one of you is a saver. (laughs) You know, it just happens, right? Or if you're both spenders, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so, So stuff comes up. So when you're holding it all in the healing, then you approach it, you talk about it, you're loving with the awarenesses you have, like, oh, you know, in in my childhood, we lived communally, and everything was communal, and nothing belonged to me. So I'm really terrified about not having enough, because there were days when the Mm. food got to the end of the table. This is not my experience. I'm sorry. It's my clients. When the food got to the end of the table, there wasn't enough for me, and I was left hungry. So I'm saving money to make sure that never happens to me again. And now you have the other person who lived in a household where there was so much tightness around money that the last thing they want to do is have a savings account because they're like, nope, I'm spending it right away because you know what? My dad died and he had $50 million and he was a miserable old miser and it all went to his dog or his butler, you know, all this. We're not doing So then they stay on that merry-go-round. Judgment. Judgment of each other, judgment. Right. Get back into the seeing the loving essence and realizing actually it's it's also about rising above seeing money as even a problem or the scarcity as even a problem. But you have to acknowledge that there's a place inside you that has an issue. And the beauty of this is, and this is this does go to the spiritual, so watch out, peeps, because we're going deeper. (laughs) Um the a lot of these problems aren't aren't created in this lifetime. A lot of them are in our lineage, they're in our ancestry, Mm -hmm. they're in our DNA, and the fear that we feel, all of that is in our brain. So we're not going to get away from having reactions, but it's how we come to them. How do we hold each other? So in in a partnership that's a healing partnership, first of all, you know the things that are going to trigger your partner. So you don't necessarily need to go storming the gates in there. But if you need something to talk about, like your partner is hiding money because <laughs> they're afraid of your spending and you really want to talk about it, then you go from this loving place. You go deeper. The you- storming the gates, though, is like that when, when you have that feeling of wanting to go in and storm the gates, like you have to stop yourself and realize Absolutely. like that's your stuff. That In that moment, it has nothing to do with the other person. And so nothing. it's like being aware and conscious enough to go like, ooh, I feel myself wanting to go in there and just like be in battle mode and take somebody down. Like you're having a reaction to something Absolutely. that is not real. It's a it's a hang up. It's a block. It's a misbelief. It's an old pattern that you're really responding to. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the person on on the other side. Exactly. And it looks like it's them. It clearly looks like that's the that's the tricky part, right? Christy, you've done this a million mm-hmm. times too. It's like it looks like you're hiding money. Because that's the working part. You storm yeah. the gates and you go like, we're going to work on this. We're going to work on this. You're a- <laughs> but instead, we're going to say, you know what, honey, can we talk? Because something feels off between us. It feels like there's some distrust. or Because you start addressing the big issues, not those little ones. You go, I think there's some mistrust between us. Or I feel like our connection has started to get like wobbly. And I want to be like fully juicy connected to you. So can we explore what stories we're telling ourselves? And and so it's great because then this place, this can be really fun. We've had some good laughs over this. I don't know if you've done this exactly, but it's like, oh, 
the story I'm telling myself that mm-hmm. you are sneaking and hiding money so you can run off with your girlfriend someday and <laughs> da, da 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 is making me want to fucking kill you. Like it's turning me into a lunatic. And I'm telling right. myself that story. It's not you telling me that story. I have no idea why you're hiding money. So could you, could we kind of open this conversation? You can say, well, you know, I, I actually don't see it as hiding money. What I, what I did was I actually created a small account because I want to be able to put some money away to have a really big 20th wedding anniversary for you. <laughs> Look and at I'm, you dreaming. <laughs> right? But that's what could be going on. I'm yeah. making up that he's hiding money because he's going to steal it and run off with his girlfriend, right? So when we open the field, we notice that our stories are about our wounds, I'm wounded around betrayal. I'm wounded around people leaving. I That's my stuff. So I will go in with that. It's not his story. So you he know, can be free to talk about what's true. Yeah. Right? I was just thinking like, you know, some of our listeners might go, well, that's all great, but my partner isn't spiritual or my partner doesn't mm. have that ability. And, and I just want to say like, Mr. Right here, right now, like, I don't view him as having, um, he's connected, but I, he doesn't talk in spiritual lingo or anything like that. So I just want to draw the attention to, like, it doesn't have to come in the wording that, yeah. like, that you and I are having uh, or th- that we're using. Um, and you can still do the healing work with your partner, even if they're not reading spiritual bur- books and don't know all the, you know, proper language for having these, like, communications. The, the essence that you bring to the conversation will be healing for your partner. So, like, the way I come into conversation with Mr. Right here right now holds such a deep container for loving and accepting and calm communication and and peace that— it's almost like he doesn't have a choice but to like respond and communicate that way because even if he steps out of, you know, conscious communication, I'm steady in it and it just eventually like eventually he just slides back into it. So it you, you know, let's don't use that well my partner just isn't spiritual as an excuse not to begin stepping into this healing realm because that's such a great know, point, Chris. Most people in relationship don't have, you know, spiritual partners. Well, and I actually, I'll just say it slightly differently because I think you're right on it. And I think that was an important thing to point out, you know, but I I do think actually we all have spiritual partners. We just don't know we're being spiritual sometimes. Consciously spiritual. Yeah. So Chris and I know what it looks like and we, because we train people in this and we show them how to do it and we want people to do this, right? We want you to find a source in your life that's loving. But it's not necessary for you to have the language around this. Children are born with this. You were born. Everyone was born with this. So what we're saying is, can you drop, and this is an individual thing, it's like, can you drop completely out of your ego, which means your judgments, and your attack, and can you open a space where you look at your partner with innocence, with purity, with this space where you're like, this is the most beautiful person. This human has this most beautiful essence in them. And we need to talk about something. You know, it's like spiritually, you start the conversation from a place where you are one, where together you are on the same team and you are in this partnership that says, I love you and I want the best for you. 
So you don't attack people you love and you want the best for, right? And the same way when our kids are little, they come to us and they're so innocent and they're doing something really that's hurting them, but they don't know that. So we hold space for them. We don't let them, we don't let them hurt themselves, but we also don't hurt them when they do something wrong. You know, it's like, okay, well, here's the loving. Which is easier to do with kids. Oh, it's it's way, well, most days. (laughs) I guess what I was meaning by that, it's like, it's easier to look at a little kid and be like, oh, they're having a tantrum and they're having a bad day. Let me put my arm around them or, you know, whereas when it's a a grown up doing some of the same behaviors, it's like, they should know better. True. What I've noticed with Mr. Right here right now is the more I can, not that I'm seeing him as a child, but if I can see his essence, that childlike spirit within him that is the one responding to me or acting out or hurting or whatever he's going through. When I tap into, wow, that is just his sweet little boy, like terrified right now. When I see him through those eyes, something softens inside of me. And I, it's like, I take him out of like the enemy role or the one who's about to hurt me and all that. And I just go, oh, this is, this is just both of our little kids like you know having tantrums together and when yeah. i can soften into that space and see the sweetness of him and and this is this is you know i think you and i probably both use um processes like this with our clients where sometimes it's hard for people to see someone's divine essence their sweetness their loving and i know for me it's like i try to get the my client to either think of their favorite pet their, you know, their most adoring grandmother or a baby. I, I, you know, we try to tap them into something that makes them just feel light and loving and then apply that feeling, that essence of that feeling to this challenging person or situation. Yeah. I know, you know, what you said is it's really a beautiful way of doing it because what we're really, the word I use around this is innocence. Mm -hmm. And I think, it's like we all are innocent at our core. There is nobody does anything on purpose to hurt unless there is something hurt in them. And so when we can find, and, and like Krista said, it is usually easier to find that in children. Sometimes children will act out in a way that it's even hard, hard to find it in them is all I was mm-hmm. really okay. saying. <laughs> um, I do agree. It is sometimes easier. And it's not diminutive or in any way disrespectful to see the essence of everyone as an innocent, uh, childlike, wondering, because that is the inner child and that is the font, right? The font of joy and passion and excitement. So when we see our partners are reaching in, but they, instead of touching the joyful little one, they touch into the wounded one whose parents locked them up or, you know, even just ignored their crying or, you know, left them by the school bus 20 days in a row, whatever it was (laughs) that got wounded. Um, We don't want to tap into that one to react from. But when that one does react, we can still hold this space of like, there is pure innocence here underneath this hurting. And when we do, I heal as much as my partner. And I think that's a really important thing because loving is just an energy. And when I'm not doing it, I can't feel it. And when they aren't doing it, they can't feel it. But when I bring that energy in this, the container, the source container, like I love, and I'm going to hold space for innocence the way we do with children quite frequently, 
the person, the child can bring all their upset in, have a container, and then actually be able to talk about what was that experience that is still triggering them. Give the energy and the loving, both of you, to the, that little child and return the child to innocence, right? So it's like this really dynamic kind of interesting thing. But the truth is the only thing you really need to do is to quiet your own ego, quiet your own freak out, quiet your own idea that the story makes it about them and they're wrong and bad, and to offer them this huge loving that you have and that is surrounding all of us and within us. And so let me ask them. you this. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody is, what would you say to this? If somebody's working on their relationship, is it a must that they move it into the healing or, cause I think this is, I'm just pretending that this is a question that maybe our listeners might yeah, have, might you know, if they're working on the relationship, do they have to go into the healing work or is, or can, is it okay if they just say, yeah, draw the boundary, I'm done. Draw the boundary, I'm done with the relationship or draw the boundary, yes. I'm done with this like, conversation. I'm out of the relationship. Yeah, like, you can do anything you want and you should sometimes. Your intuition, we're asking you. One of the things about each of us choosing to be in our own loving is that it actually is the best protection. Sometimes leaving that person is the best. That's what I mean. That's the you'll way to know. love them the most. Yeah. yeah, you'll know that while, so there have been people in my life where I know they're innocent. I know that way down deep in there, they're innocent but they're not capable of expressing that with me. I'm not capable right. of drawing that forward. It's not safe for me to be with them. So I will leave. Absolutely. And you should. But yeah. that's your intuition. And that was Rico Suave for me. It was like there was we were working on things and we were healing some things. And then eventually it was just like, yeah, but it's still just not safe to go to this next healing level with him. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll know that. And and so we're not suggesting that every relationship that this is possible in, because some that because I don't isn't. want people staying in relationships longer. You know, I don't want them being like, well, Kristen, and Catherine said that if I just move it to the healing, it'll work. You know, so there are times where you just need to walk away. Yeah, and you will know that. And we yeah. we trust you, and we trust that you will know that. What we're suggesting is really what would be so cool for your relationship is to transform it so that you come to each other with loving first. And then talk through some of the things that may be in your space. But you'd be amazed how fast they disappear when you don't care about right. them anymore. Right. So there you go. Krista, you, go. you gave us two <laughs> words. We ran with it. We're done. Nice job. Nice job. Oh, no. We, this was good, honey. Thank you so much. And I hope all those people in podcast land, I hope you guys all got something out of this. And you love yourself more, each other more. Spread the love. Bye.